There's nothing much worse than getting lost in the woods. Getting lost as it is is pretty bad, but in the woods where you can get turned around and everything sort of looks the same, some terrifying things can end up going down. As always, these stories were sent in by viewers just like you. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's jump into these creepy and allegedly true in the woods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Screaming from the Woods by Katie This is an ongoing story as my creepy and paranormal experiences continue. I recently moved in with my boyfriend, and our house is deep in the Appalachian Mountains. This house has such a unique history. It was initially built as a log cabin in 1880. As the decades went on, each owner added a new addition to the house, expanding it to make it look more modern. But the original wood from the cabin and the cabin itself is still a foundation in the place, giving it a unique look. This home also has a darker side, which I believe causes my current experiences. Our neighbor told us the disturbing history of our home. Back in the 1880s, the original owner of this home owned some slaves. He kept them chained up in the basement, which also has its original foundation. He also told us how much of the surrounding area was part of the Civil War and how many regions were hollowed. The basement is intriguing but terrifying. Knowing what happened down below, the basement is made of old stone, dirt, and pebbles. My boyfriend explored the cellar when he first bought the house. The neighbor's story of the enslaved people adds up to be accurate as my boyfriend found rusty hooks in the stone, showing someone could have been chained up there. And on top of that, he even found a femur bone, which I believe did turn out to be human. Since I moved in though, I've been experiencing weird phenomena. It all started a couple of months ago, late at night, sometime around 2.30 in the morning. I was in a deep sleep when I suddenly felt someone sitting on the edge of the bed, right on my side. At first, I thought it was my boyfriend sitting there after using the bathroom or something, but I looked down and saw no one there. I saw my boyfriend fast asleep next to me, and my heart started pumping as I couldn't explain the feeling of someone sitting there. I could feel the pressure of it, and I could estimate the person's size just by the weight on the bed, but this could have been a one-time experience. But I was wrong. One night we were sitting on our deck enjoying the scenery of the mountain surrounding us. I looked at my boyfriend and asked, Have you ever heard of the folklore about the Appalachian Mountains? He said no, and I laughed saying, So you've never heard of like skimwalkers or anything like that? I was a fan of urban folklore like this at the time. I started acting out the story of skimwalkers like I was telling a report by a campfire or something. And they lure you in by mimicking your voice, you know? You can imitate anyone you know. Just as I said this, our heads darted to the darkness of the woods as we heard what sounded like a girl screaming with a slight guttural sound. I was baffled by how ironic the situation was. I pleaded that we go inside, but he denied me. He was enticed by it. Let's wait and see if it comes out of the woods. Turn on the spotlight, babe. I did so, and we heard the scream again, but this time it was much closer at the border of the darkness outlining the woods. My boyfriend got spooked this time and we headed inside. 
locking the doors behind us. I always felt uneasy outside as if someone had their eyes on me. My suspicions of this were confirmed when one night I was alone cooking dinner for us. That night I was just waiting for my boyfriend to come home. I saw two bright golden spheres from the corner of my eye. I turned thinking it was his headlights, but my heart skipped when I saw that it was in fact at my window. It was low to the ground. It looked like eyes glowing and showing above the window ledge. It blinked at me as I stared at it. I turned for a second to grab my phone to record it, but when I turned back, it was suddenly gone. My latest experience was the most intrusive one yet. A few nights ago, I was waking up alongside my boyfriend who was getting ready for work. I was resting on my stomach with one leg bent up and the other straightened out. I was starting to doze off when I suddenly felt a hand swipe my leg over my privates and toward my lower back. I immediately woke up, looked over, expecting my boyfriend as the culprit. In confusion, I asked, Was that you? My boyfriend emerged from the hallway outside the room. Was what me? He said. I just felt something touch me like a hand. Was it you? He looked at me confused. I wasn't even in the room, babe. We both looked at each other perplexed in silence. We both dismissed it, but since that morning, I haven't felt safe. I haven't felt like we're alone in this house. During the day, it's just me until 8pm. During the day, I hear noises like if someone's going up the stairs and rattling things in the kitchen. I don't really know how to explain it. I still live in that house in the woods, and I don't really know what to do to escape these things. I've thought about maybe getting the house blessed, but I wanted to see what the swamp folk thought. The Thing from the Woods by Jeffrey D. I was on my back porch with a newly lit cigar resting on my lip. I was relaxing to the ambience of crickets chirping and wind blowing. My loyal dog Kane by my side. He was the best pit bull I have ever had. Then, as my cigar was almost burnt out, I saw his ears perk up, and not long after he started barking. Barking louder and more menacing than I'd ever heard from him. He was barking at something on the other side of the barbed wire fence. I heard a noise I wasn't very familiar with, but it sounded like me. I thought, as I grabbed my 12-gauge single shotgun, as I cracked it open, I walked back outside after chambering a shell and realizing that Kane was no longer barking. He was out of sight and the crickets weren't chirping either. There was no longer a light, breeze. It was purely silent. I walked down the porch steps and called out for him, noticing a trail of blood. I saw that night was approaching quickly and I knew that I had no time to find my dog. I trailed off into the woods cracking my gun closed, stepping over the barbed wire fence knowing that whatever my dog had been chasing after couldn't have been too far. I chased off into the woods calling for Kane. Knowing these woods like the back of my hand, I realized that the trail of blood had stopped, and when I looked up, I had no idea where I was. I didn't recognize anything in sight. Still, I was searching endlessly for my boy. I called out once more, Kane! Kane! I yelled, only realizing that I had finally heard something. Something familiar. It was my dog. He was barking and growling, but only it was different. It sounded distorted like an old record player. I knew whatever was making that noise was not Kane. 
I continued into the now moonlit woods. I heard a branch snap, rustling behind me from the tree line, and I began to spin around quickly, only to find that there was nothing there. I looked around, and then suddenly I noticed that I was face to face with, well, myself. Whatever this was was trying to mimic me, that's for sure, but it just looked wrong. It had my, my face, but it was almost inhuman. I called out for my dog once more to see if I could find his direction, and then I heard it copying me, saying the same things I were in a distorted voice. Its tone was just slightly off though, distorted and delayed. I heard shuffling next to me after I was running. I listened to my loyal dog Kane burst through the bushes next to me, but there was another Kane. When I looked down next to him, it was almost like a mirror image, but again, like it was distorted and not real. Realizing now that I'm not only lost in the woods, but I have no idea what direction to go in, I'm stuck with something that can apparently mirror our image and we don't know what it actually looks like at all. So I try to keep my cool and I began to run in the direction that I thought my house was. After a couple of minutes of me and my dog running side by side at what felt like full speed, we broke through the tree line and busted out to the back door. I've never been more nervous in my life. I have no idea what it was, how I got lost, or how I seemingly knew where to go to get out of there. But I can say is that I don't want to have to deal with that ever again, so I'm not exploring the woods after dark ever again. Strange Experiences in New York by Anonymous This takes place in New York, not the city. I'm from upstate. There are a lot of woods for being the state with a vast city. My story starts with me going to my grandma's property. She owns around 100 acres of wooded and cropped land. It was a sunny and pleasant day. Not too cold, not too hot. The perfect day to go metal detecting. I was wandering around in the woods like I always do, just trying to find some buried treasure. The only prize I found this day were some nails and a horseshoe. I never saw anything unsettling, and only a few weird and scary things on this plot of land ever really happened to me. So I didn't think I was in any danger until the telltale signs of something showed up. I noticed the woods went silent. I could only hear the podcast I was listening to in my headphones and my footsteps, so I turned off my phone, looked around, and listened to very fast rustling in the trees and leaves on the ground. I got a little scared, but I was in the woods. It could be literally anything. I picked up my shovel, which is a military-style shovel. This creature was still zooming by and around me until it blindsided me and took a nice piece out of my leg, but I also got a good hit on him. My crash sent him scurrying to the ground, and once it gathered itself, it looked at me with these big red eyes, and then, to my horror, it stands on two legs. I'm scared out of my mind. I cannot get my wits together. I'm going to try to describe this monster to the best of my ability. It was roughly around 5 foot tall, maybe maybe even only 4 foot 9. It had large eyes and knee length arms. In legs compared to its height, it was built like a bodybuilder. It closely resembled a buff lemur, just at a colossal size. It was covered head to toe with dark reddish brown hair and claws on its legs and feet about two inches long if I had to guess. The damage they did to my leg was sharp as all hell. 
I've seen and learned a lot about cryptids in the works, but the only thing I can classify this creature is, is a devil monkey. But I never thought that they would be here in New York. It just stood there, sizing me up, until it suddenly lunges at me with incredible speed. I got lucky, though, and put the shovel to my head and blocked its attacks before it could take my head off. At this moment, I realized this thing was not trying to scare me away. It was going for the kill, so I lunged at this creature and hit him over the head as hard as I could. My arms felt numb after hitting it. It put him in the ground hard where it didn't get up for a few seconds and gave me the time to run. After gathering my thoughts and calming down a little bit, I managed to gather my things up. And when I realized that the woods were still silent, I ran as fast as my injured leg would take me. I could not tell if I heard my own footsteps or if there were more of them. I kept running until I was out in an open field where the footsteps stopped and I could chill out for a second. I later called my mom and dad to get me where I was, and they took me to a hospital and got the whole rundown of tests and repairs. When I was questioned about what happened, I had to make up some crazy story about me getting lost and tripping over stuff. But, honestly, I still to this day believe I had an encounter, or I guess a battle, with a devil monkey. Why I Hate the Outdoors by Anonymous I'm not much of an outdoors kind of guy. I've always preferred to be inside most of the time. This happened four days ago. I was at my friend Greg's house. It was Monday morning in the middle of summer, bright and hot. We were inside playing on his gaming console. His mom was cooking breakfast in the kitchen. His dad had left for work already, but had only been gone for a few minutes before we got up. The sweet smell of scrambled eggs with some bacon and toast filled the air. We were your average 15-year-old boys, hoodies with ripped jeans and Nike shoes. You suck at this game, Isaac, he remarked. It's not like I sit here 24-7 playing video games all day, I said. Greg's sister soon woke up and came down the stairs. Don't tell me you guys are up at 8 a.m. in the morning playing video games, she said. How about you go back upstairs and play with your Barbie dolls, Greg said. Shut up, Greg. You know I'm too old for dolls, she said. Isaac, Greg, Wendy, breakfast is ready, Greg's mom said. We all ran into the kitchen and made our plates. As we were eating, Greg's mom said, Your sister and I are going to Uncle Dan's house today. Would you two like to come, she asked. No thanks, Mom. Me and Isaac are going to stay here today, he responded. Okay, don't get into any trouble while we are gone, she said. When we were all finished eating, Wendy and Greg's mom got their stuff together and left. Greg and I decided to play video games until they got back. While playing, Greg's mom called us and told us that she and Wendy would be staying the night at Uncle Dan's house, and Greg's dad won't be home until around 5am. She trusted us to stay alone all day and night. We could do whatever we wanted. We decided to play video games all day. Who would be there to stop us? After about five hours of playing, sometime around 1 p.m., we got bored playing video games. We decided to go for a walk outside. We got out of the house and began walking down the street. There were so many cracks in the sidewalk, I'm surprised we didn't fall. We kept walking down the cracked sidewalk. Hey Isaac, looks like there's a trail over there through the woods. You want to walk down that instead? The trail was right beside a children's playground that led deep into these tall pine woods. Why would you even think about going in there? I asked. It's fine, it's not dark out yet. And besides, I just saw two kids on bikes right in there. He spoke. Okay, fine. 
I'll go, but you owe me five dollars when we get back. I spoke. Deal, he replied. As we made our way up to the trail entrance, we looked at the giant pine trees towering. There was a sign that read, Pinewood Trail. We made our way onto the trail and began our walk. You could hear birds chirping and the leaves rustling in the wind. It's peaceful out here, I said. No kidding, he replied. We kept walking for what felt like minutes. We were at least a mile into the trail when we spotted a deer off in the distance. Wow, that's a huge deer, Greg said. I wasn't all that intrigued, though. I was more focused on a particular sound I had heard. I swear, I heard a tiny whisper in my left ear. The sound of a woman's voice. Isaac. That's all I could make out. I turned around and saw nothing. You okay, bro? Greg asked. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I replied. We continued walking farther and farther into the trail. As we continued down the path, I couldn't help but notice that it sounded like the wind was calling out to me. Isaac, turn back now before it finds you. I started to get freaked out. Greg, can we head back now? I asked. Why do you want to leave already? He asked. I don't know, man. This place just gives me the chills. I replied. <laughs> Are you scared the boogeyman's gonna get you? He replied. Seriously, dude, can we turn back? I asked. After, like, maybe two more miles, he replied. Okay, just make it quick. While walking, I caught a glimpse of what I could make out to be a woman in black and white. It looked like she had a jacket and blue jeans on. Hello? I called out, and I got no response. She began to walk away and soon disappeared behind a tree. Who are you talking to? Greg asked. I thought I saw someone, I replied. It's probably just another person walking the trail. Greg said. We continued down the trail further. Once we finished walking those two extra miles, Greg and I decided to head back. As we were heading back, we could see the sun begin to set behind the top of the trees, and we started walking a little bit faster. As we were walking, I thought I caught a silhouette out of the corner of my eye, but I ignored it and kept walking towards the trail entrance. It was dark by this point, and I could barely see anything around me. Good thing we had our phones on us and we turned on the flashlight and kept walking. Over the sounds of our footsteps, I heard a faint growl come from behind me. In the woods to my right, there was something there. I stopped. Greg, could you hear that? I asked. Yeah, I heard it, he replied. Do you think it was a bear or something? I asked. I don't know, but whatever it was, I don't want to meet it, he replied. While talking, a bear-like roar interrupted us. We both screamed and ran in the opposite direction. While running, I shined my flashlight at it. What I saw was absolutely horrifying. It was a pale creature, with no fur and no clothes. It was bald and had deep red eyes. It stood about eight feet tall and had a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. I screamed to Greg, That is not a bear! I shouted. He looked back and screamed. We were beginning to run out of breath until I saw a set of bushes. We tried to hide in them. We turned off our phone flashlights and hid. We could hear the thing sniffing out for us. As it made its way toward the bush we were hiding in, we prayed that it would not find us. Then it let out that same roar we had heard earlier and ran off. What was that thing, Greg? I asked. I don't know, but we need to get the heck out of these woods ASAP, he said. We got out of the bush and looked around. It was nowhere to be seen. As we made our way out of the bush and back to where we came from, I could hear that same voice again. Go. Follow the animals. They will show you the way. I saw a little blue jay up in the tree. I signaled for Greg to follow me. 
As I followed the blue jay, I could still hear the creature far off. I could still barely see anything, just the light of the full moon, but that barely even made it through the leaves of the trees. We had finally made it back to the trail. We continued down the path that we took to get there. We could see the entrance. It was right up ahead. That's when the creature stepped in front of the door. We ducked behind a large tree in hopes that we could hide from it. It began to walk toward us. Its heavy footsteps echoed through the woods as it marched its way to us. It was about five feet away from the tree I was standing behind. Greg was behind the tree right next to me. It had grabbed onto the tree I was standing behind. It peeked its head around the tree and it almost saw me, until it backed off and suddenly disappeared into the woods again. Greg and I made a run for it out of the trail. We ran straight home without stopping. I don't know how to explain this experience. I have no idea what it was, but it's downright the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced and why you will never catch me in those woods ever again. The Strangest Thing I've Seen in the Woods by Anonymous Hello Swamp Dweller, I love your work and listening to it constantly reminds me of an event that happened a couple of years ago that changed my view on the world and the threats it hides. I want to say I'm not begging people to believe me. Honestly, I don't really care if you do. I know what I went through that night, and I don't need people to cast their judgment. Anyway, I will be referring to myself as Josh and my friend as Jay to protect us from public attention. For some background, I joined the armed forces back in 2017 and completed my infantry training in 2018. After training, I was transferred to my unit and met one of my most trusted friends, Jay. Jay is your typical military type, robust, aggressive, and tuned into the job's core and requirements. As for me, I'm more of a middleman. I tend not to stand out for better or worse as I like to keep myself to myself. So in 2020, my company, which is made up of two platoons, deployed on a six-day training exercise in a woodblock. This is a military-owned forest to train in defense and ambush operation. The first couple of days were wet and absolutely miserable, so Jay and I constantly purging, which is complaining to each other. On the fourth day, at 1800 hours, the two platoons split up to conduct night navigations in different areas of the vast training forest. So after we conducted our evening routine, such as eating our rations and making hot drinks to last the night and powdering our feet, we gathered with the rest of the platoon. It's around 20 troops, on a dirt road where military rented Land Rovers that were waiting for us with night lights, maps, and coordinates for the night navigation. Lads, get in the pairs with someone. I don't care who you're partnering with. Just get here and hurry up. We all shuffled, and Jay and I stood side by side and exchanged a confident look. He was the best at navigation in our platoon, so I know we would be back to the administration point before it was too late. More sleep for us, right? Check this out. It's only five points. Should be easy. Jay said with a confident smile on his face. Yeah, you up for running around so we can get back early and get more sleep for tomorrow's ambush? I asked. Oh, definitely, man. Let's smash it, said Jay. Around an hour later, we grabbed our Saks belt kit and set off running towards the third marker, which was close. Due to there still being light out, we decided to ignore using our night sights on our helmets. Within the first hour, we had already done most of the checkpoint and were feeling buzzed, although I began to feel fatigue. So, I asked Jay if we could rest. 
for roughly 10 minutes. Yeah, man, I'm exhausted. Let's have a water break, said Jay. We walked into the wood block and dropped our kit as we sat upon the trees. Once we were comfortable, I realized how dark it really was. I couldn't even see my friend sitting about five centimeters in front of me. So I turned on my torch and we started pulling out our snacks and water bottles. I think the next point is less than a kilometer in this bearing. Jay began when he suddenly stopped talking. What's wrong, man? I asked, but he placed a finger on his lips and pointed at my light. And I immediately turned it off and sat there in the pitch black woods, confused until I heard it snapping branches off to our right in the distance. I also realized the forest was now utterly silent. When the bugs and animals go quiet, a predator is usually nearby. Panic started to set upon me, and I began to pant as I heard the snapping of branches get louder, signifying that whatever was moving was getting closer. Hey, who's that? Jay shouted in the direction the noises were coming from. No answer came back except for the lack of noise as if whatever or whoever it was had stopped moving entirely. I realized that it was most likely one of my fellow soldiers, so I shouted, Hello? Who is that? Hoping for a fellow soldier to call something back, but nothing. I looked at Jay and said, We should take off. I want to get this over with rather than catch up with whoever that is. Jay agreed, so we packed up and turned on our night vision, which was rather useless due to the lack of UV light in the dense woods. With every tree branch hitting me as I moved, it felt like a million people were poking me all over my body. I looked down to avoid getting poked in the eye and kept walking forward. After about 20 meters of moving, I look up to see Jay standing completely still in an opening of trees. He stopped me with one of his arms and said, Why are... He cupped his hands over my mouth and whispered, Shh, listen. I heard a rapid snapping of twigs and branches in the direction we had come from, as if whoever it was, was running full sprint through the woods toward us. This full-on scared me as I know for a fact that no one would run through something that dense for fear of injury. Let me tell you, getting poked in the face or ribs by sharp branches freaking hurts and can even impale you. So I couldn't understand why whoever it was would do that to themselves just to freak us out. After around a minute of listening to the person running towards us, they got about 10 meters away, they abruptly stopped. I tried focusing my night sight, but I couldn't see anything past the tree slightly in front of me due to the lack of UV light. Guys, stop messing around. We're not helping you with your nav points, shouted Jay. And a couple of seconds went by, which felt like minutes. I honestly felt like I had a panic attack, my chest was tight, my breath was shallow but rapid, and cold sweat oozed down my face washing the camouflage cream straight off. Jay suddenly yanks my arm and says, let's get out of here. Whatever happened right now, prank or not, is freaking me the F out. Bear in mind, this guy is about 210 pounds, 6 foot 2, and built like a brick wall, and despite how dark it was, I could make out he was pale as a ghost. So I agreed. As soon as we began to jog through this clearing in the trees toward the dirt road that ran into a coral line with the woodblock, we heard an extra pair of steps moving a lot faster than we were, as if whoever it was was trying to close the distance between us. I turned around but still couldn't see a damn thing, so I shouted, Dude, we have to get out of here. And Jay, without saying anything, began full sprinting down the clearing with me struggling to keep up. After 40 meters or so, we exited the road and stopped with a sigh of relief, but the sound of running steps made us explode into another sprint. We ran around for a mile, completely missing the checkpoint we were meant to get. 
There was no way we were stopping to get that, and eventually we had to stop to rest and catch a breath. We heard nothing at all. No running, no bugs, no branches snapping, absolutely nothing but silence. We stood there gasping for air when a loud thud sound echoed out, followed by what sounded like someone dropping a sandbag on a pile of stick. I see Jay on the ground. I fall to my knees to check on him. I thought he had passed out. I felt a pouring of liquid on his face running over my hands. Without thinking, I pulled out my flashlight, flipped up my night sight, and turned it on to see blood all over my hands, soaking into my sleeves as well as the earth around where Jay's face was. I shined the light in his face to see blood pouring from his nose. I quickly examined his nose to see a vast open gash in the center. Jay, what the hell, man? You should have told me you were feeling faint. I look a little to the right and see a blood-soaked rock the size of my hand a couple of centimeters from where I was kneeling. I realized that rock was what hit him. I immediately stood up, filled with rage, and screamed, Hey, I don't know who keeps messing with us, but you just injured Jay, you freaking idiot. But I heard nothing in return. Come on now, or I'll freaking kill you. There was still nothing. Then I began to put the pieces together. Someone had chased us for miles and then just attacked us with a rock, which means they're incredibly close and are watching us. I began to use the torch to scan the arcs, but I couldn't see anyone hiding to my left or right in the woods. I start to panic and look down to check on Jay. I now only realize that he's unconscious. Oh god. Is all I can mutter. I can see my breath, and it's getting very cold. I'm stuck with my unconscious friend while some sicko is practically hunting us and is just watching and waiting to see what I do next. I slowly unclip my survival knife from my belt kit, flip it open, and begin to scan my arcs more slowly so that I don't miss anything. After thoroughly scanning the wood line to my right and some of my left, I see it. A yellowish dot next to a tree. At first, I just stared at it in confusion until it quickly disappeared and reappeared. Something or someone just blinked. I panicked and dropped my torch and began shaking Jay to wake him up. Feeling a small puddle, most likely blood, hit my knees as I fell next to his head. In the flash of an instinct, I reached for his water bottle and began pouring water on his forehead to try and shock him into waking up. I looked over to see the yellow semicircles hovering at least seven feet from the ground. It was getting closer. I picked up my knife and held it tight in my right hand while tapping Jay's cheek with my other not once looking away from whatever this thing was. I could make out that it was slowly approaching from the tree. It was like it was savoring the moment. Suddenly, I felt movement from Jay as he began waking up, but I dared not look down at him. Jay, Jay, you conscious? I whispered. What's happening? Ugh, my face is killing me. He groans while he sluggishly starts to move around on the floor. Jay, get the F up right now, man. We don't have time to mess around. We're both going to get hurt or die. Don't know what's happening, just follow me. I gasped. Okay, okay, I'm moving. He said with a sense of weakness as if he was still waking up. Jay, you need to run up the road as fast as you can and I'll be right behind you. I paused. Go. I yelled, and he crawled to his feet and began sluggishly shuffling away. I stared at something that just gave off the sense of death. I could no longer tell if it was moving or standing still due to a huge tree not partially blocking my full view of it. I could only see one eye glowing at the brim of my light. I used my hand to scan the ground for my light after a couple of agonizing seconds. I left it and lifted up and moved it directly into this thing's face. What I saw still messes with my head. I can't understand it. This was a tall humanoid, with gray skin, yellow eyes, no hair, and no ears. The sight of it chases me through my nightmares to this day. 
A split second was all it took for me to put into fight or flight mode, and I chose flight out of the sense of survival. I ran, knife and torch in hand. I ran for what I felt like was miles, but I couldn't tell you actually how long it was. This is an 18 mile woodblock radius. I eventually got into a civilian used road. I kept running until a military troop transport slammed its brakes and my platoon sergeant and the platoon medic grabbed me and forced me onto the back of the vehicle. I can't remember falling asleep, just waking up in a hospital bed. I was apparently pulled out of the field and taken to the nearest military base's medical center for aid. After being debriefed by the medical personnel and having cuts and bruises all over myself plus high blood pressure, I was given 24 hour bed rest before dealing with the consequences of going AWOL whilst on duty. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true stories from in the woods. Whether you're getting lost or fighting Bigfoot out there, you better be careful. And if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them multiple times a week on all things natural and supernatural. I would love to know down in the comments below what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick better ones in the future. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, and still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. From Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys as always for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you all. If you made it to the end, today's code word is code RED. Be sure to make a funny comment with that down below. The funniest comment will be pinned at the top. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Swamp. Don't forget to join me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.